It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's well, good, Wizards fans? Is your host, Real Ed Oliver. Brandon Scott is on vacation today. We have a special guest, Deontay Daniels. We're going to talk about the starting five for the Washington Wizards and some more offseason talk. Let's get to it. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today we have special guest, former Locked On Wizards host, Deolante Daniels. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good, guys. We gave you a little blast from the past episode today, a little retro <laughs> episode today. It's always nice to join in my Locked On family and come back once in a blue moon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to talk about the starting five. A lot of people have been um, going back and forth and uh, having debates about it. Um, who is your starting five or opening day for the Washington Wizards? My starting five. Now, I would have definitely have to go with Tyus, Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole. Now, I think the biggest issue, not issue, but question is, is it going to be Kispert or is it going to be Denny? I say Kispert because I feel like Denny is a little bit more comfortable off of the bench and he can do a little bit more off of the bench. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Kuzma, and then finish it off with Gaffer. I know that's probably the most common start lineup and the most boring start lineup, mm-hmm. but that's what I will go with. Yeah, definitely. I, I do. It's, the toughest part is probably uh, Corey and Danny. I think the shoe ins, of course, are Jordan Poole, uh, Tyus Jones, Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gaffer. We don't have another big to really play other than Gaffer. We don't have another center on the roster. I mean, it's Mike Muscal, and that's about it. And then there's pros and cons with Denny and Corey. And then Bleach Report, they came out with an article saying that the Wizards lineup is one of the teams with the starting lineup that is a mess right now. They named, like, the Rockets, the Hornets. All the teams that were named are teams that are, are lower-tier teams that are probably going to have a top-five pick uh, in the NBA. The Rockets, they got a little bit better with, with Fred Van Vliet and 
uh, Dylan Brooks and drafting Cam Whitmore and, and Jabari Smith may take a leap. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like pick your poison. Do you want better defense or do you want better shooting? Corey, you get better shooting. Denny, you get better defense. But I like the point that you said. I've said it as well that I feel like Denny is, would be good off the bench where he can handle the ball because um, it looks like Gallinari is going to be here. Schmidt's still going to be here. So, you know, he can dish it off to those guys for open looks, open threes. Um, if Gafford plays with the bench unit too, he can throw lobs to Gaff. He can get the rebound and push. And um, Kuz is going to shoot the ball a lot. Poole's going to shoot the ball a lot. So he won't have to play with those guys off the bench. And he can just have more control of the ball. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me as far as Denny is just as long as he stays confident and his mental is good, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a really good season. Um, off the bench, like I said, just because he's starting on the bench doesn't mean he can't end games, doesn't mean he won't be playing 30 minutes. Like Corey mm-hmm. Kispert, he can start the game, but that doesn't mean Corey Kispert is going to be closing the game, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have Denny in there playing 30 minutes off of the bench, you know, closing games out because his defense will be needed. You know, it's just making sure with Denny, man, because he's the most polarizing figure in the Wizards community, as we know. <laughs> it's all about with Denny, just consistency, because we all have the turbo Denny stretch, and then we'll have the Denny stretch where he just, you know, it's like a lid on the basket, blowing layups, and it's just a tough stretch for him, and then his minutes decrease, and it's just all around bad. So we just need him to be consistent. I think he can find some comfortability, and he has found comfortability on the bench, and I hope that continues into next season. Mm-hmm. Right. No, those are good points. Yeah, we've seen Turbo Denny, and then we've seen him struggle to make layups and, um, you know, dribble the ball with his left hand and struggle from the three-point line where they're not going out there to guard him. They're kind of just, you know, staying and not even going out there. And then a lot of people want to see Jordan Poole at the one. I think right now it's, it's kind of smart to start Tyus at this point because – they're probably going to trade him for the trade deadline. So they want to showcase him, get his value up. Same thing with the long right. Um, so you got to play chess and not checkers. So I, I think after the trade deadline is when you explore Jordan Poole, the one, let some of the young guys play, just try all kinds of lineups just to see and help the young guys develop. So I would start Tyus right now. And Tyus, Tyus is a good player. Like when, when John Morant doesn't play, Tyus is a darn good player. They call him Tyus Stones for a reason. He's a guy that can shoot the three. And he's going to settle guys down where Jordan – can just be more of a score where he's not he's not gonna have to worry about handling the ball and controlling the ball. So I, I think Tyus would be good at the one, and then of course Gaff would be at the five. Yeah, and then also just because Tyus Jones is starting doesn't mean that that again, yeah. You know, Jordan Poole isn't going to have the ball in his hands or be running the offense or be the main facilitator at points. We saw that last season with Bradley Bill. You know, this is the same, it's still gonna be the same offense, it's still the same head coach with West Huntsell Jr. Like Monte Morris was starting, but Bradley Bill still had the ball in his hands a lot. And it's going to be the same with Jordan Poole. So he's still going to have the opportunity to have average five assists, et cetera. And Kyle Kuzma, as we know as well, is going to be ball handling as well. But Tyus is going to be good because he's another one of those guys that's really good as far as turnover to assist ratio. And he's going to be a good guy to be able to hit shots when he's open. And all I ask of Tyus is, just be able to collapse the defense a little bit. That's was Wizards fans' issues with Monte last season. They kind of complained about him not being able to collapse the defense, get inside to the paint. So hopefully Tyus can provide that for us this season. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because Wizards fans are so spoiled. They're just used to watching John Wall get into the pass, get a dog and Russ. People. And Russ, mm-hmm. yeah. So we were just real spoiled. But yeah, Monte, yeah, he, he was good with not turning the ball over. But once again, he's just not a guy that's going to, you know, get pass and create for others. But Jordan Poole is going to definitely do a lot of that. Like you said, to piggyback off what you said, he's definitely going to be our closer. He's going to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. There's going to be times where Kuz, Clutch Kuz, is going to have the, the ball at the, end of the, at the end of the game or he's bringing the ball up. So. Um, yeah, just because guys are starting at a different position or whatever doesn't mean they're going to end the game. There's situations if we're going to need a three at the end of the game, you're probably going to put Corey in. If you need to stop in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to put Denny on the best guy out there. You know, Denny did a good job against Giannis, Brandon Ingram a couple years ago. So it depends on situations, and it's a it's a big um, thing for West Hunsell Jr. This is a trial year for him, so he's definitely got his hands full uh, with the roster. And uh, who who would you say is the odd man out of the rotation if you had to think about guys? On the roster, uh, the odd man out of the rotation. I'm thinking somebody like maybe one of the guys who came in, somebody like a Muscala or maybe Gallinari, somebody like that. Um, they can play, but for what the Wizards are trying to do, I could see those guys eventually being on the outs, whether it's a buyout or something like that. I think Shaman will get time because he can shoot, um, and that's valuable, but. Guys are going like Bilal and guys like Johnny Davis are going to need to get their playing time because that's going to be very important. So maybe somebody like Gallinari or something like that, they may not play as much, especially with Gallinari coming off the injury. But we'll see. But I definitely see our younger guys, they're all going to play. So maybe one of the guys that came in that are a little older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can certainly see that Mascala or Gallinari. Gallinari is excited to play. He's he's wearing number eighty-eight, the first player to wear eighty-eight. Oh, yeah, with he, he, and he then, said he yeah. got the Celtics circled on <laughs> right. the schedule. I don't. He needs to slow his roll. He got too much dip on his chip. I don't know. I don't want none of that Boston smoke. But go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. He's got he's got beef with the Celtics, from, and I don't like the Celtics either. I still don't like the Celtics back from the death row DC days when we had the rivalry. So I still don't like the Celtics. Um, but yeah, Gallinari's got some smoke. He's he's got something against the Celtics. I mean, he was on the Celtics. He tore his ACL, so I mean, I understand them moving on from him. But I guess there might be something that happened behind the scenes there that he's got them circling on there. Of course, when Porzingis comes back, he'll get his tribute, which I, I think he's he's one of the Wizards that do deserve a tribute video. Um, so it will be fun to see Porzingis coming back to DC. How that works out. So it will be a tough game. Last time we played the Celtics, we blew him out. Um, but we've seen the Celtics come in here definitely and, and beat us a few times too. So. Um, but Gallinari, I can see him getting ball. He's, he kind of feels – he just gives me Will Barton vibes where he's a good scorer. He can score. He can shoot from the three. But it just kind of doesn't really fit the timeline here. And Will Barton eventually got bought out because mm-hmm. we couldn't trade him. And then Shaman, like you said, I think he will play and get some playing time. I just don't know how he's going to affect Johnny Davis's minutes. I don't think Johnny Davis will be an odd man out. But I think right. he will play because of his defense. Um, but the shooting and the scoring definitely has to come around. Bilal, I think he'll get some minutes here and there. Um, but he definitely still has to develop for sure. And then Mascala, I think he'll get some minutes only because we just don't have any behind. We don't have anybody behind Gafford at this point. We're just so thin at the big man spot. And um, those are basically all the veterans like Pat Ball and Ryan Rollins. I think they're going to be in the G League a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they'll probably get called up like kind of closer to the trade deadline. And I feel like those guys are going to get more playing time at that point. Yeah, and to speak on Baldwin and you know Ryan Rollins to go back to summer league, those are two guys that were really impressive to me. Um, mm. There were some other guys, but I know coming over from the Warriors in the trade, I was kind of focused on them. Obviously, outside of Davis and Bilal, but 
those are two guys that I'm going to be interested to see maybe towards the latter part of the season or if there's an injury thing that happens. I, I do want to see them get some time in the big leagues, man. They, they mm. impress me, especially Baldwin Jr. and Baldwin Jr. His shooting motion, smooth game, Ron, Ryan Rollins at the one. They were both impressive. So I hope to see them on the court, whether it's towards the end of the season or if injuries happen. Yeah, I, I like what I saw from Ron. Rollins had a couple of good games. Mm. I think he can kind of take that role that Jordan Goodwin had, where he was like that young point guard that just played hard, scrappy, tough, could, you know, pick up from full court, could uh, pass a little bit, score a little bit, just do kind of jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. I think Ryan Rollins can certainly come in and do that this season. Baldwin can shoot. Um, he had one good game, one bad game, but he's he's smooth. Like you said, I like that one-legged jumper that he had for sure. And then Vukcevic, we'll see what happens with him if he gets some playing time. I think if he if he comes over this year, I think he's a guy that will get more playing time after the trade deadline as well. So, um, but we're gonna we're gonna get into some more off-season talk. But before we do get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer basket for a summer barbecue. You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's that easy. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Um, so which move uh, in the offseason did you like the most and which move did you like the least? Of course, the Wizards made a lot of moves. They traded Bradley Bill to the Suns for a bunch of second round picks and Chris Paul. They traded Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. Um, they drafted Bilal, and they drafted Tristan Vucevic. They traded Porzingis. They ended up getting Tyus Jones. Um, and this, and they re-signed Kyle Kuzma. A lot of people kind of were back and forth on bringing him back. Um, so what were your thoughts on the moves made this offseason? Which one did you like the least, and which one did you like the most? Uh, I mean, if I guess to say the least – and this isn't even because I didn't like the move, but if I had to pick, I would say, mm-hmm. I guess, resigning Coos because mm-hmm. you, you're you giving out more money when, mm-hmm. you know, some fans are like, why not just get rid of Brad, Coos, and KP and just completely start over? But if I had to pick, I guess I would say that. And that's I'm not saying that because I didn't like the move. I personally am a fan. You know, I'm a fan of the move. I liked it. I, I thought Coos is a guy who had a really good season last season as a guy because you need veterans, you know, especially with a young team, you need guys who can, and Jordan Poole is also a young guy. He's turning with 24 years old. Mm. So Kuzma's around what, 27. You got, you need guys who won. Kuzma has championship experience, played with a guy like in LeBron James, and Anthony Davis in LA, but he's also, 
you can hear by the way he speaks and talks about the game. He's a very smart guy, like a guy who you could see being a coach or something one day. Um, you need guys like that on the team, veterans, guys who's been in the league for a while. Those are important. And the contract he got signed to isn't bad. You know, you look mm-hmm. at the years, the money decreases as it goes mm-hmm. on. So it's not like it balloons up and shoots up and it's going to become a untradeable contract, you know, like the wall contract or something, you know? So I guess I would say the least is Kuz, but that's if I had to pick my favorite, obviously I would say the Jordan pool move, man. I'm a big fan of that. You get a young guy who can become a star. You know, a lot of people may say, they can compare it to the James Harden move from when he went from Oklahoma to Houston and got his own team and just blew up and became an all-star and a superstar and an MVP. Not saying Jordan Poole is going to become an MVP or anything like that, but we've seen in the past with guys like Kyle Kuzma who came over from the Lakers as a role player to a bigger role with the Wizards and how that expanded his game. And look at him, he just got paid. And then Porzingis from all the question marks he had in Dallas coming over to his first full season, but it was his last season. And look what he did. I mean, he crushed the game too. So, I mean, I think skies is the limit for Jordan Poole. You talk about players who may have a breakout. Jordan Poole, he's on the top of my list. He broke out with the Warriors, but I think he's due for a part two of a breakout with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can certainly see that. I can see how, um, you know, like James Harden Blossom, he was a six man on the Thunder. He got more of a role. Uh, Jordan Poole, you look when he when Steph doesn't play, he averages 24, 25 points a game. We've seen him put up big numbers in the playoffs 31 against Memphis, uh, have 40 against the Raptors. Like Jordan Poole is a guy that can really, really go off and handle the ball. He's an elite three level scorer, um, and a really, really good passer as well. And I think he can evolve his game here. So he's going to have the greenest of green lights. Um, there's going to be no shot that he doesn't like in DC for sure. Uh, we're definitely going to see a lot of pool party games for sure, but um. The Kuzma move, I didn't have a problem with it. I get it, you know, with the salary cap, you got to meet the threshold, so they had to pay somebody. Um, and the, the deal is a good deal. The money does decrease, so and I think he's a tradable asset. I think a big reason why they brought him back is because they want to. They could potentially move him later down the line mm-hmm. for possibly a first-round pick. You know, it's it was rough this offseason because it's like Bradley Bill. The whole time, everybody, every, the whole the last two or three seasons, we had all the Bradley Bill rumors and talks. We were like, okay, we're going to get this much for Bill. We're going to get this. And everything involved was a first-round pick. So it was it was tough to see that we only got second-round picks for Brad, you know, but he mm-hmm. picked the Sun. So it wasn't the front office's fault. It was Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis for giving him no trade calls. He picked the Suns, the only team with no first-round picks for, like, the next five or six years. Um, so it was tough to see us not getting first-round picks for that. So it would be good to see if they can flip Kuz for a first-round pick. But I think he's a good leader for the team. He's clutch. He's a good player. He's been a good mentor for some of the young guys. So I don't mind him bringing back, bringing him back, especially with the contract decreasing uh, over time. And then, um, yeah, the Jordan Poole for Chris Paul, a guy who's 38, 39 years old, to get a young budding star that's 24. I mean, that's a steal of a trade for the Wizards. And they grouped that. They ended up getting Pat Ball and Ryan Rollins, two guys that are solid players that have potential as well. So I think Jordan Poole can be like how Larry Markin it was last year where he went to the Jazz in the mm-hmm. – it was like Donovan Mitchell or Gobert, one of those trades, and then he blossomed into an all-star this year. So I, I don't see why that can happen. I don't see why that can't happen with Jordan Poole. Last time we got a Warriors player to the Wizards was, you know, Gilbert Arenas. So not comparing to Gilbert, but Gilbert came to the Wizards. He blossomed, turned into an all-star. So we'll see if that can happen with Jordan Poole. But um, out of the young guys, too, 
Um, who do you think is going to take the biggest leap this season between Denny, Corey, Gaff, um, any, any of the younger guys other than Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And Johnny Davis can be included as well. Man. Um, Personally, I I, I think, I want to say, I think Corey Kispert. You know, and I think the most popular answer probably would be Denny or maybe even Johnny. But mm-hmm. I feel like Corey Kispert has always been that one young guy who's been kind of the overlooked one, mm-hmm. you know, the over uh, overlooked child, third child or something, because it was always Denny or Rui, Rui or Denny, Denny or Rui. It was always those two, and Corey was just there. But Corey was always, if not the most consistent out of all of them, and you know, with the most solidified role in what he did on the court. Corey Kisper, I think his basketball IQ is tremendous. What he does off the ball, his off the ball movement is tremendous. His shooting has improved. Um, his three-point shooting has improved. And obviously, defense is the knock on him because, you know, he didn't come in known as a defensive player. But I feel like he's shown us some things, too, a little off the dribble as well. You know, he has some um, floater game, a sneaky athleticism. We've seen that over the time of him playing. And I feel like his game is going to continue to grow offensively as long as you're giving def- effort on defense. You know, mm-hmm. he's never going to be a defensive stopper or somebody you can say, oh, okay, Corey, go go grab that guy and shut him down. You're never going mm-hmm. to be able to do that with him. But I feel like he can do some things off the dribble and create some space for himself with the ball in his hands on the offensive side of the ball. I think you do that. He does that along with his catch-and-shoot ability and his all-ball movement ability and IQ. I think we're going to be looking at a really solid role player for the Wizards, man, for sure. So I'm going to switch it up and go with the Corey Kispert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's it really is a coin toss or a coin flip between Denny and Corey for me. On our last episode, I said Denny, but then I sleep on him. I'm like, yeah, it could be Corey, too. I mean, Corey – to end the season, like the last couple of games, because Denny had some really good games when Brad sat down and included the turbo games and whatnot. Corey hit nine threes against the Magic. He had 27 on March 31st. Then he hit uh, four threes against New York. He had 29 points. He hit five threes against Houston, 18 points. So he's a guy that can really fill it up. And um, he, he had six threes against San Antonio. He had 26 points. But I think him next to Jordan Poole and Kuz, we're gonna they're going to get him open looks because Jordan Poole is going to get to the basket every time. Like, it's really hard to stop him, you know, when he starts doing his isolation and when mixtape just getting by guys, uh, crossover, step backs, and get into the lane. I think he's going to find a lot of open shots for Corey. Same thing with Kuzma getting downhill. And he's a great cutter, like you said, as well. He's really good moving off the ball. And he can play above the rim. Yes, defense, he's going to get cooked. It's just what it is out there. You know, you're not bringing him in to play defense, but can you, you know, give some – he does give effort, but it's just not his calling card. But – I do think he can be a 50-40-90 guy. Uh, he shot, what, 42% from the three last year, so he can definitely fill it up. And you can always use shooting. You can always use shooting on the court. So I do think he, he could possibly get a leap. He's averaging, like, what, 
He averaged how many points did he average last year? Probably like twelve. He averaged eleven points a game, so I could possibly see him to go up to like fifteen or something like that. Um, if he is consistent with the shooting and, and cutting like he always does. So I, I think he's going to fit really well next to Jordan and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Corey, Corey's my guy. Um, I really do like him. I think he can – He he's a guy – that's another reason why I have him as my starting three. I just feel like mm-hmm. he fits into that starting role, that starting mm-hmm. lineup at that three spot. I feel like, you know, defensively with that pool – Jones and Corey. Now the issues will be like, oh, that's that's barbecue chicken, mm-hmm. you know, right there. So that's the only real issue. But as far as everything else, I think he can excel there offensively. He's comfortable with that role. He knows his role. He plays his role well, and he can plug. You can plug and play him in a multitude of starting lineups within the NBA if needed. And I think that's a very valuable skill set of his. And I got high hopes for him. I really do. Now, Johnny, we'll see. You know, he had a really good summer league. Um, I still don't really know what his calling card is offensively yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he he does do good things defensively. Um, when he was out on the fast break in the summer league, he did good. Um, mm-hmm. He got to the free throw line in the summer league. I'm just, I'm not sure yet, you know. Uh We'll see with him. Bilal, very raw offensively, mm. as we saw. But defensively, he made a lot of, you know, splash plays with the blocks, et cetera. And you saw at the end of the Celtics game um, in the summer league, he had that little step back mid-range as the time was winding down in the fourth quarter. So you see the potential there, but it's raw. So he's going to take time. But Corey's my guy. Mm. Yeah, um, Johnny is tough because – and the bar was so low last year. He had one of the worst summer leagues that I've ever seen uh, a rookie have where he just couldn't get by guys. Um, kind of looked like he was moving a quicksand a little bit. You know, the game was just a little too fast for him. Confidence wasn't there. You know, it, the things he was doing at Wisconsin, he just couldn't do out there in the summer league. And thought he played a lot better. Some games he still took a lot of shots. He took like 16 shots just to get 16 points. Um, so the mid-range game is his calling card. Still has to improve from the three-point line. Just a lot of things in his offensive game. But he's looking more confident. He's starting to create a little bit more separation than what he did last year. So that's what I like. Just the confidence is so huge with Johnny. Same thing with Denny. And then getting back to Denny, you know, I just think him playing with second units where he can have more autonomy with the ball in his hands certainly would help him. Um, and then Gafford's a guy that I think, you know, he just needs a point guard for him to be effective. And I think Jordan Poole, is going to be a guy that can get him lobs, easy baskets. I think Tyus can do it too. I think last year we just didn't have a guy that could do that for him. And when he doesn't have a guy that can get him easy layups and donks like Russ was getting him, then you don't really get the maximum potential of Daniel Gaffer. And once again, he has to learn how to set a screen. I don't know if Bertat's going to be on staff this year, but it didn't work out setting screens. So he had quick two fouls very quickly, mm-hmm. him getting hurt, him getting winded. That's just a big thing for him. But I do think if he locks in, stays focused, gets stronger, I think you're, you're going to see a lot of double-doubles for him. So I think he's a guy that's kind of slept on in the leap category too. Yeah, and defensively, when you look at the numbers or if you're on Twitter and they talk about mm-hmm. rim protection and all that, yeah. Daniel Gaffer's name is consistently in there. You know, it's consistently up there as far as, you know, being a deterrent at the rim, which is really good to see. Uh, but the issues with Daniel Gafford is always when when he's ran up into those bigs 
who really put their body into him, like a Joel Embiid, like a Nikola Jokic, etc. I mean, but also, who's really stopped those guys? A lot of guys get into foul trouble guarding those elite bigs like that. It's that it's not too many back elite back to the basket bigs in the NBA currently. Mm-hmm. But uh, Daniel Gafford, as you said, he is a guy who could use a guy who can collapse the defense, who can get to the basket. And a lot of that is, like you said, is relying on screening and setting solid, hard screens. Like you saw with John Wall and Marcin Gortat during their days and their heyday, it wasn't simply because their pick and roll success was due to John Wall's speed. That helped, but Gortat was was setting solid screens, very Mm. solid screens, you know, so – that was a big part of it. You know, the better screen setter you are, the better it is for your point guard to get either an open look or the defense have to over- overcompensate and you get an open look at the basket, whether it's a alley or whether it's a dump-off pass to you. So Daniel Gafford is a guy I'm looking at too. Uh, so we'll see. Um, and go to go back to Denny real quick, it's going to be a really big year for him because this is mm-hmm. the last year of his contract, right? It is, it is. Yeah, so a new front office. So this isn't the front office that drafted him. This isn't Tommy. Um, it's going to be big for him, man. He's really got to break out, you know, and leave an impression on that front office. So they'll be like, hey, we want to keep this guy instead of, hey, we may be looking to trade this guy. Mm, right. 100%. So we're going to wrap it up with two questions. Um is the starting lineup a mess? And are you taking the over under on 25 wins for the Washington Wizards? I'm going to say that the starting lineup is not going to be a mess. Like, it's not going to be a mess. It may not be the best defensively, but you have a very solid point guard. You have a up-and-coming shooting guard. You have a three of Corey starts who can catch and shoot, move off ball, cut towards the basket. You have a power forward in Kyle Kuzma who can rebound, play make, shoot. Efficiency can come and go at times. You have a five who, you know, maybe looked at as maybe undersized, but an uber athletic five, you know, who can block shots, catch alley-oops, dunk, get offers of rebounds and put up, go back up strong. I don't think it's a mess by any means. You don't look at the lineup and say, who's this guy? Who is that? Who is that? You don't, you know, <laughs> uh, you don't look at that lineup and you see that. Like, when it's not, trust me, Wizards fans, do you guys remember the days of the Jerome Robinson, Isak Bonga, the Mo Wagners, the, the Shabazz Napier lineup days? Like, we were really throwing out anything at one point. You know, remember the bubble? Oh, you went to the bubble and those lineups and, and Bill wasn't there. <laughs> like, there's been worse lineups we've thrown out there. The lineup is not a mess mm-hmm. by any means. Um, second question, over, under, you said 24? 25. 25? That's, a lot of sports books have 25. I'm going to say over simply because in the past, I've said over and they hit the under. So the year <laughs> that they're supposed to be really bad and – be bad i'm going to say they exceed and let's see if that works okay yeah i like it i like it i'm taking the under and um yeah it's hilarious you brought those lineups i mean i remember the scotty brooks days with 
uh, Ish and Haul being at the power forest by it was like Ish, Brad, Haul, Russ, and Thomas Bryant or Robin Lopez out there, Gaffer starting. So we've definitely seen some wacky lineups before Isaiah Thomas on the roster too, and then some other guys. Uh, um, was it Sato starting? I can't remember, but it, we've seen so many uh, 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 wonky lineups for sure. So I don't, I don't think this one is, is too much of a mess, but um, definitely got to get you back on when the uh, commanders play the Eagles too. You know, we upset you guys on uh, Monday night football last year. So we'll see if something like that happens again, but we'll get you back on around that time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? Um, well, you guys know if you guys already follow me, then you already know, but you can follow me on Twitter. As it says at D talks a lot. Uh, if you want to follow me or subscribe on YouTube to my YouTube channel, I talk wizards as well. There, going to be talking some NFL this season as well. So if you want to hear football talk, you can follow me on my YouTube channel. D talks a lot as well. So that's about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make sure you guys follow Deontay on Twitter. He is a good follow at D talks a lot. Make sure you guys subscribe. Like he said, his YouTube channel as well. Great Wizards content. And he will be doing football content. So I just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hit that notification bell. Subscribe, subscribe button. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.